Hey there, pals. Before we get going today, I wanted to take a minute to let you know that I am opening up my skills lab again, and it is going to be marvelous. And I'd love to see you there. So if you are a small business owner or an entrepreneur, and you'd love to figure out how to get more confidence in your copy and how to turn your words into money without losing your authenticity, now is your chance. We're going to do five days of incredible training and it's all for free. Hooray. So if that sounds like something you'd be into, come and sign up. I'll drop the link in the show notes. You can sign up that way or follow me on the socials and sign up that way. All right, let's get rolling. Welcome to This Biz Life, the podcast that uncovers the heart of entrepreneurs through their story. I'm your host, Lizzie McCauley, a copywriter and copy coach with a massive soft spot for small business owners and entrepreneurs. I truly believe that storytelling is at the core of building any business and that our unique story is our marketing superpower. Each episode, I'll introduce you to a new business owning legend brave enough to share their story. And maybe, just maybe, you'll be inspired to share yours too. Ready to roll? Let's dive in. Well, then we are back again. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is you happen to be listening in. Boy, do I have another fun one today. I have actually one of my, probably, I think the universe threw us together because they're actually soulmates. Um, Would you believe (laughs) I have my friend, my business hero, my legend incarnate, the amazing Jen Radman is here today to have a chat with us. Jen, my love, my light, my life, my fellow lover of fabulous earrings. (laughs) Jen is our mindset and productivity coach. She loves digging into the nitty gritty of women's lives, getting up close and personal with their daily habits, quirks, routines, and everything to do with their businesses. She then works on helping them craft a rock star life that hums along effortlessly, productively, profitably, and totally in flow. Well, then isn't that fancy, fancy Jen? Holy cow. That sounds great. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) That is pretty cool. My goodness. So so that's kind of what you do all day. That's very, very exciting. What's your favourite bit? My favourite bit? Of doing that. Of doing that. Um, as you said, getting into the nitty-gritty of these women's lives, I truly believe that that is my superpower in that I'm able to really almost weasel my way into these women's lives, but they are able to share anything and everything with me. Mm. I love finding out, you know, everything about how their business works, how their lives works, their kids, their family life, because that is going to do all the information that I need to to then help them, which... Mm -hmm is my obsession basically. So really you're just a great big snoop, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, it, you know, uh, other than com- becoming a spy. Do you know, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but do you know I went for an interview for ASIO once? No. Yeah. And and I didn't get in because I wasn't allowed mouth enough because everyone else who went to, well, and probably for many other reasons, like I wasn't good enough, <laughs> but 
everybody else on the on the interview um it was a group interview style thing and everybody had really loud opinions about politics and stuff and I just went there and went I'm some 19 year old idiot who's just graduated uni I don't know yeah let's talk wow that's cool how cool would that have been though if only I had been smarter or better equipped in some way I could have been a spy well, maybe it was, maybe that was your saving grace because you needed to be here with us. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how I turned that into about me. This is all about you today. Have you, in fact, don't answer this. I won't ask you if you've listened to this before because I don't know if my ego could take it if you said nah. <laughs> but the format is thus. I will ask you five questions. You answer them however you see fit. And I get to also be a sneaky snoop and figure out what it is that makes you tick and how your brand all comes together based on your life story, essentially. So they're the same five questions I ask to everybody. And uh, you do your worst, my friend. <laughs> you ready to get going? Yeah. Yay! Cool. All right. Let's start with the, well, apparently, according to you, the hardest one of the bunch, but the easiest one in my brain. So, uh-oh, <laughs> we'll have to meet somewhere in the middle on that. Jen, what's your story? Oh, what's my story? Again, as I said, it's like, well, <laughs> why start? Do you want to know, you know, where I was born and my favourite activities growing up? But where to start? I think I'll start from the the start of my business because I think that's where my life really, really changed. And, you know, I was at a a point I had, my life had already changed. I had a an amazing partner and a child. And I was back at my office job working part-time after maternity leave. Mm. So I had my first child Audrey in daycare and I was sitting at my desk and I had a really really good job I loved it we it was an amazing group of people that I worked with and I'd been there for for years but in the back of my head you know I thought I now have a young child I'm putting her in daycare is is there something more that I could be doing with my time something that I'm helping as many people, as many women as I possibly could. And I, at that point, I didn't know how I wanted to help them, but I was sitting at my desk at work thinking there's got to be something more. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, when you become a mum, and I know you would know this, your thinking shifts. And for the first six months of becoming a mum, you're living in a, a, a bubble where, Everything is about you learning how to be a mum and you're being a mum and you've got this child that every day it's something new. And for me, the, the first six months were, you know, when I thought, you know what, this I'm okay at this, I'm, I'm doing okay. And then because you start to feel confident in being a mum, you start to kind of look out of that bubble. Yeah. So I went back to work, but, again, I'm like, I think I could, I think I could be doing more. Mm-hmm. I want to be doing more. Mm. and started looking on the internet, Googling what I could be doing. (laughs) Which is kind of broad, though. I wonder what search terms use. I need to be doing more with my life and what came up. (laughs) Exactly. And you know what? I actually thought about this conversation um, earlier this morning. I wish I could pinpoint 
the moment or what, as you said, what I searched in Google. <laughs> because it frustrates me that I can't remember this, this moment that life coaching just fell, fell into my lap and yeah. I cannot remember it. <laughs> Such an important moment. Yeah, it's because it's an entire turning point to to your professional life and probably your personal life to a certain extent as well. Absolutely. Um, prior to um, becoming pregnant with Audrey, I wanted to study naturopathy. Ah. And I, I think it was just one of those fleeting kind of, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Mm. But I think the more I looked into life coaching and, you know, I also thought of becoming a counsellor, but when I read about coaching and how how coaches work with people to really propel them forward and to help them see who they truly are, yeah, this is this is what I've got to do. This is absolutely what I have to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, I asked around on you know, business pages. I know there was a post I put up on a um, women in business post um, page about who who out there is a life coach, where did you study, what did you do? And, right. and that came up a few months ago as a, a memory on Facebook. Oh, that's cool. And I looked at the date and I think it was around August 2017 and by November I was enrolled to, to study. Nice. Because there's a calling. And see, that's what's interesting is this journey to to feeling more purposeful. I think a lot of people, especially over the last three years or so, have felt this need to step away from sort of the, the humdrum of corporate life to find something that actually is a little more meaningful for them. I think that's what we're seeing with things like great resignation and uh, all these different all these different avenues for people to try instead of doing things the way they've always been done. It sounds like kind of what you went through um, stepping out of your job, which you quite liked, and into yeah. something that, that kind of filled you up more, I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it did... It did take some time. I was still, you know, I didn't um, enrol to study. That was all online. I didn't enrol and then quit my job. You know, I was still working part-time within this. And, yeah, I think when we are given the time to take a step back and evaluate, you know, our, our values and what our time means to us and where we want to put that time, I think, right, in a lot of us do kind of evaluate what we want to be putting out into the world. Mm. Do you think, yeah, do you think that's partly because, I mean, obviously you're for for the uninitiated, you're based in Melbourne. Do you think part of your pull for this was because you had that little bit of extra time and that quiet over the last couple of years to, to really get your head around where you want to go? Oh, <laughs> Probably not so much the last few years with that. Like the last mm. few few years definitely propelled me yeah. into actually finishing my studies and I was given that time. Unfortunately, you know, a pandemic had to happen for me to um, finish my course <laughs> because I, I struggled. Sure. Like that's you know, that, that's part of my story and why I help the women I do is the struggles when I when I was given that time and I didn't use it. 
because you didn't prioritize yourself because everybody else as a parent as a mother kind of everybody else's stuff comes first right yeah absolutely yeah tricky (laughs) and you're kind of one of your superpowers is kind of training us back out of that as well right of finding ways to claim little bits of ourselves back in alignment with what the family needs right a bit of that oh and you know as I mentioned when you you do become a mum your life changes and you know I know a lot of women they they forget who they are you know the classic I you know once I became a mum and so I'm helping these women reclaim that part of them that they feel that they can't be anymore. Mm-hmm. Their their life is defined by um, a business owner. When before you were those things, you were so much more, and that you can be all of those things. Yeah. You In know, you, you, <laughs> and not not to sound a bit tacky with saying you know live in harmony. But it is about bringing all of those pieces of your life together yeah. and and making them work. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what we're all in search of though, right? Like I feel that as strongly as anybody. It's like wouldn't it be great if when I was at work, if I'm, when I'm at my desk, I'm not feeling crappy because I'm not with my kids and when I'm feeling with, with my kids, I'm not feeling crappy because I'm not doing the things that help my clients move forward, that help my business move forward. And it just seems like no matter what the situation, it kind of we don't win (laughs) or somebody loses, something loses now. Yeah. And, again, that's when I did start studying and, you know, I I had Audrey studying, part-time job, everything else, the, the feelings of guilt and then stress and then overwhelm. Yeah. It was like that vicious cycle of, you know, I feel I feel guilty when I'm studying. I feel guilty when I'm at work. I should be spending more time with Audrey. I should be um, taking my job more seriously. I should be taking my studies more seriously. And, you know, I often speak about it being like static mm, in my gotcha. constant static. Yeah. And I just, you know, I felt like I was, constantly chasing my tail I couldn't I couldn't keep up with the demands of everything yeah but they were also the demands that I was putting on myself sure well yeah they're, they're most of these things are, are internally driven like nobody else is saying to you you should you should be spending more time with your children you know, it comes it comes from some internal programming place. Um, so is that part of what you do with people then? Is you kind of undo that staticky messaging that says you're doing a crap job? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's not so much about the mum guilt or the the overwhelm, it's the stress. It's always as I said, you know, I I as you said in my intro, I get down into the nitty gritty. It's like, all right, well, what are we doing with these these mum these feelings of guilt as a mum? Where yeah. are these feelings getting you? Yeah, you know, I always like to say that guilt, especially mum guilt, it's a wasted feeling for sure. You know, the, the so many mums have that guilt when they drop their kids off at daycare to go to work. Yes, 
and, and that guilt sits with them all day but and not to sound horrible but unless you're going to turn the car around and pick your child up mm. from daycare and go spend the day with them yeah it's a wasted emotion no, so you, you got to get past that in that you're doing this for yourself and that's not selfish you know dropping your child off at daycare to go and work on your business to go to the gym whatever you need to do yeah you know i, I think it's also for like i've always Thankfully, I haven't felt guilty about that. I felt guilty about lots of things, especially when they're still in the house, but I've never felt guilty about putting them into education because there's so many benefits to that. When I've seen them upset, I know that, you know, that horrible first few minutes when you hand them over and it's terrible. But what I know, and I know it to be true, is that as soon as you're out of the picture, they're calm again, they get over it, they have an amazing day at school and they're learning so much about well, about the world but also about how to socialise and how to follow instructions and listen. And and so I never, on, on that one at least, I always thought, no, this is the right thing for them. This is going to help them long term. Absolutely. Um, even though it sucks when you drop them off and they don't like it. <laughs> And, that, and as you said, and I guarantee, you know, 99% of kids when you drop them off at daycare and they're screaming and they're holding onto your legs mm. as soon as you walk out, you know, you peel them off your legs and just walk mm. away. Mm. Yeah, for that moment you, you do feel a bit shit, but then I guarantee if you were to call up the daycare five minutes later, mm. You'd hear the carers, oh, no, they're fine, they're off playing. Yeah, it only lasted a few minutes. Exactly. But the longer you linger, the more you drag it out. Yeah. Absolutely. Rip off the Band-Aid. Rip the child off the and off off they go. And you're right. I suppose that comes that comes down to the center as well, and and trusting that the people that you're leaving your your offspring with are are they've got it, you know, they're experienced, they have it handled, and that actually leads me to another thought about all of like our outsourcing that we could and should do, but probably don't. Is that quite often we forget that other people can also do some of the things that we do, and that even possibly some of them might even do it better than us, but we're so used to being on top of everything, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's another thing I deal with um, with my clients is, you know, there's that that feeling of I'm the mum, so I need to be doing it, or I'm the business owner, it's my responsibility. Mm. And I'm big at, you know, asking these women, do, do you need to do it? Do, mm. I know what needs to get done, but do you actually need to be the person that does it? And also, does it really need to be done? Because <laughs> you're so used to working from that feeling of stress and overwhelm that to relinquish that task or that that job would give you so much relief, mm. but you don't know how that feels. No. Because you've you've never given yourself that power to stand up and say, you know what, I don't need to do this. I don't want to do this. It's not important right now. Mm. Yep. That's that's a pretty common experience is is just holding on super tight to stuff and 
and being like, nope, nope, this is all my responsibility. And, and it does kind of, it starts with the family life as well, though, is yeah. that, that especially for for business owners and people who have built their business from scratch the same way they've built their families from, from scratch and they've had to learn as they go. And it's hard to let stuff go, even though that's a good question you asked is like, does this actually need to be done or is this just busy work? I think we can be distracted, but also it matters to us that I think on some level that we are responsible for the successes that come. Um, even though that's perhaps flawed thinking as well, who cares how the success comes as long as it comes? Yeah, and I, and I totally get that with some um, areas of your business that it really, you know, depending on your business, you know, if you're a creative person, you know, that creativeness has to stay with you and oh, yeah. generally that is the core. Like you're not going to outsource your nope. writing. No, nope. you know, that, that's you. <laughs> same as me I'm not going to outsource my coaching because yes. that's but I can outsource other things for sure bookkeeping uh, social media yeah. all the things that uh circle around your core function I guess you know we all know how many hats we have to wear mm. inside our business and outside you know it's it's an ongoing um discussion you know how many hats we have to wear yeah. so it you can take off some of those hats, you know, anything that's going to reduce reduce that static in yeah. your head, mm. you're able to focus on, you know, the things that are your business, mm. you know, me and my coaching and, and you and your copywriting. Yeah. When you're given that, that time and that space and that freedom, mm. that's when you are able to focus on what is really important yeah it's easy to get distracted with extra stuff and I suppose that's that's where having somebody external really helps like someone like yourself where you've got what would you say like an impartial observer rather than no no this matters to me it's like trying to get rid of stuff in your like for instance clutter in your house like a lot of the stuff we have an emotional attachment to this is just the less physical version of that you know absolutely and that's what I also like to think of myself as you know imagine minds as a cluttered room and I come in and we sort it out together and all these you know the 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 piles of paperwork that are on their office. You know, let's think of them as you know the the negative talk that they're always telling themselves. Yeah. You know, there's always an underlying reason for why these women can't relinquish these things, why they need to hold on so tight to all these things. Mm. There's always an underlying reason. You know, the the fear, the you know you mentioned. Um, getting distracted by things. Yeah. You know, so we go into this room that would be their mind mm. and we're like, all right, let's 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 tidy it up. Ooh, that actually feels very pleasant let's, to think about. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's um, you know, categorise it. You know, what needs to go in the bin? What do you, you know, file away for later? You know, those those business ideas those things that you want to do in your business, you just don't have the time. All right, let's let's put that to the side. You want to keep mm. those. Once we get rid of all the other stuff, once we toss all that stuff in the bin, 
look how look how clear your desk is now to work on that. Oh my goodness, your brain desk. I can't imagine having an uncluttered brain. I mean, like I can imagine it, but I do not possess it. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, but I, I like I it's a really strong image for me. I'm not sure if that will carry across to everybody who hears it, but that's a really clear way of expressing um even more than the, the static for you, which is your your clear vision. For me, that that sort of cluttered space, which it almost implies that there's hope though as well. There's there's something that can there's something can be done about it. It's not like that's just it and you're gonna live with that forever. It's like, no, you just need to be taught the skills to master what sits in your brain right yes because and that's another thing I'm big on is you know when we do have a cluttered mind or a staticky fuzzy mind Mm. we've got no room to let our minds be creative or think Mm. or forward you know it's we can all also think of it as this weight that is holding us down Mm. Mm mm-hmm so once we release all these things, you know, physical things and that mental clutter as well, yeah, you give your you give yourself space for newness, but not because yeah. see, once you have the skills on how to organize all the the different elements of yourself and what's what's happening in your mind, then I guess you you keep up that pattern, and then new stuff comes in, but then gets stored appropriately rather than just letting bouncing all around in there (laughs) swirling 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 when you're able to um you know I'm also very big on asking questions as a coach that's that's what I do but you know I teach my clients to ask themselves questions you know when they're in a moment of procrastination or self-doubt or fear you know you you don't need to bypass that emotion you don't need to ignore it you don't need to power through. Mm. What I teach my clients is to sit with that feeling and ask it questions. Mm. Where is it coming from? What is it trying to tell me? What's going on currently in my life where this is coming up? Right. So it's all about getting curious. Like that's, you know, as I said, I, I get into people's, I get into women's lives and I want to know everything because I'm curious because they hold the answers to what's going on. Sure. It's just having the tools to access the answers. And a lot of women either sit with that feeling, you know, potentially for years, Mm. and they don't know where to go to let it out. You know, you can go to friends and family, but friends and family, as lovely as they are, they want to offer advice. They want to tell you what you should and shouldn't do they tell you to no don't do it like this this works for me so you should try it as a coach you know that's not what I do yeah no shoulds and shouldn'ts never really (laughs) help anyway and it's also what's best for you is not what necessarily what's best for them you know or your version of that yeah and that's that's why I want to know everything about how these women work in their business life, work in their personal life and everything in between mm. because that's going to give me little snippets of their snippets of their greatness so I can, you know, pull it out of them. Yeah. 
and basically show them, look how brilliant you are. You you know what you need to do. Mm. Let's listen to what you have to say because I I don't know what is best for you. Mm. You know what you. I just have the superpower of bringing it out. That's probably the making of a great coach though as well, Jen, is is somebody who has the humility to say, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what's best for you rather than saying, here's what you got to do. Step one, step two, step three, go. And and while I have, <clears throat> pardon me, while I have been through it, mm. you know, that is another reason why I truly believe I'm a great coach for these women is because I've been through it. Yes. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been on the floor, you know, curled up in a ball in tears Mm -hmm. from stress and overwhelm. Yeah. And I've seen the other side of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, you know, I'm not just saying these things from what I've learned in my studies or what I've seen in the women around me. Mm. I've lived it. And then you've got this beautiful, tidy little brain, all organised and neat. (laughs) I can just picture it and just like there's a miniature Jen inside just going do, do, do. I'm so happy with my tight space. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's not perfect. You know, I'm still human and I'm, yeah. I still make mistakes, but it's also the fact that I am human and I never try and be anything that I'm not. I don't take <laughs> myself as perfect. No, no. <laughs> no, no. I, my brain still gets messy. My house still gets messy. I still get overwhelmed. Mm. It's it's how I have the tools to to acknowledge that and acknowledge that yeah, that's life, and that's yeah. that's what that's what's going to happen every now and again. Mm. Yeah. Hey, I think that's probably a pretty good segue actually into talking about how you've overcome the the depths of overwhelm and stress and trying to do everything and feeling like you're not doing any of it. What's your greatest triumph, do you think? Not in a nutshell, but in a nutshell. (laughs) that, that, That is my greatest triumph in overcoming all that overcoming all that shit that was in my head Mm. and completing my studies because there was a time when I was in a study group and I would listen to the two other women in my study group talking about what they wanted to do when they finished the course. Mm. And I was smiling and nodding along and, yeah, oh, that sounds great. And in the back of my head I'm like, wow, that's so great for these women because that's never going to be me. Oh, buddy. <laughs> you know, in those moments... I was like, yeah, that's that's nice. I just, I, I know that's not for me. I'm not going to finish this course. It's too hard. It is way too hard. Mm. It's too overwhelming. It's interesting, isn't it? It's funny how that that's that's our that's our reflex quite often is to go for a nap. That's 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 not going to happen. I had had accepted it to be true mm. that I would not finish. So I was going through the motion of, you know, rocking up to the study classes and you know doing dribs and drabs here but in the back of my mind I I could not possibly see myself Mm. actually going from that person sitting at my desk wanting to do more with my life and help these women feeling like me Mm. and then you know it was the progression of okay I want to do this I signed up I'm doing this 
but no, this is this is just too much. Sure. Almost like I don't I don't deserve this. Oh, I yeah, it's a weird one that because <laughs> on the one hand, it's like why why would you start something that you didn't on some level believe you could finish and be good at and and was your calling. But then on the other hand, why is your why is your little saboteur doing its thing as well? It's finding yeah. all the answers to that. It's tricky. Yeah. It, it was it was strong, you know, when the it, it was almost the the fear of failure and the fear of success was equally mm. you know, they were level. It was 50-50. Yeah. So I had to push the fear of success, you know, I had to tip the scales, even just slightly. Yeah. People don't talk about fear of success very much. What did you, what were you afraid of? What what, what, what would happen if you were successful that you didn't want to happen? That, that if I started my business, you know, that if I finished my studies and I became a coach and I started my business, that I would have to, start a business and be a coach that I would have to do what I said I would do and mm. even though you want something so much mm. it you know it's almost like when you have a baby you know you know there's a baby in there <laughs> but when it comes out well now you've got a baby <laughs> it's a different proposition isn't it <laughs> and you know going back to when I was pregnant with Autry she was she was late she was like 11 days late and mm. i was loving it cuz i'm like that baby it's not reality until i push that baby out <laughs> and that was that was like with my business mm. it, it's it's not reality and i won't have to do the hard work sure i, I was just ignoring everything i wanted <laughs> and i was desperate you know i the the battles that i had in my mind that Oh, I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to do this. But also, yeah, I'll just um I'll just procrastinate and I'll just ignore I'll ignore it. Very interesting. I've never thought about the fear of success before. I'm gonna have to chew on that because I don't know if I do that. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. <laughs> I'll put it on my list, my to-do list. And you will think about it because that's mm-hmm. again, that's that's what I do get into women's minds and I help them think differently, but in a good way. And we could all do with uh, <laughs> plenty of that, I think, <laughs> thinking differently about ourselves, about everything. So in that case, what's something that surprised you, Jen? I, I'm surprised at how much I love working with these women. Like I knew it's what I always wanted to do mm. but when I overcame all of that all of that crap <laughs> it you know I it, I don't want to say it because I'm just going to sound so egotistical but it surprised me how good I am at it <laughs> take credit credit where credit's due man you're not saying oh my god I'm just the best coach in the world uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah. I will toot my horn because you know I love seeing other women toot their horns. No, I love it. Claim your genius. Yes. <laughs> That's a simple answer. Well, then, might as well carry, <laughs> carry on, move forward. Do you have in your life a moment you wish you could do over? I 
I kind of want it to be business related, but in all honesty, it's going to sound a bit weird. But if I could do over the birth of my children, mm. make I someone think- else do it instead. <laughs> not, not like the, I often have moments where I wish I could go back to the delivery room and really, and I the pain, the the screaming, all of it. Wow. Regularly do I wish that I could do over the birth of my kids. Well, that <laughs> is the most unique answer I, I could not even have anticipated ever hearing I, that out of anyone's That's I've awesome. got such a bad memory. Ah. I, I want the memory. You know, I wish I could go back and somehow encapsulate the memory okay. into like a, almost like a little USB that I could play into my head and just relive it. Wow, that's very, very interesting. I, yeah, I, that, isn't it that you know, the, you know, like your lady hormones that makes you forget though, like at the time? I know that that's what our brains obviously need to do. So, you know, we're designed, you know, so we have okay. more babies. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, you know, that's how it works against us because, you know, people like me want to relive it weekly. <laughs> very interesting I remember my second born's the day of that very clearly I don't remember my first at all because that well that was like two and a half days worth of that so maybe I just can't remember two and a half days worth of anything though either and I I think had my births been different I probably wouldn't be having this conversation (laughs) sounds like they were just a bunch of fun (laughs) oh yeah yeah I was screaming with laughter. <laughs> oh, this is a delight. Let's do it again. <laughs> Maybe not that much, but it's it's <laughs> the, the the feeling or the memory or you know you think I should I should have taken you know more more photos with this squishy ball yeah. of you know, I know on that my feeling. Chest. That feeling. Yeah. And even maybe going back, I mean, because I know your your youngest is still quite young. So maybe that's it as well. My my youngest is nearly five now. Yeah. Um, but those early years, and I know they people who don't have tiny kids are like, oh, just you, you make the most of it, just enjoy, just remember everything. And I'd be like, piss off. Well, you know, this is hard. But now that I'm past that stage and permanently so, because no thanks, that was stressful and harrowing and I love them really (laughs) I do I I wish on some level that I could have found a way to uh, remember more especially for my oldest daughter who was not not quite two when I had my youngest and so like she got it all kind of got a bit blurry for a bit there and I yeah maybe not the specific birthy bit but the like the the early early years uh, I'm all super hazy man and that would be cool to go back and actually remember and it and you're right, people do say, oh, it goes so fast, you know, cherish every moment. But it's, you. what's that saying, you know, you you don't realise a moment was special until it was gone. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you, you can't cherish every moment because, you know, every day is the same. You know, you're holding a newborn baby. But you do, you look back and you think, oh, gosh, those moments as a whole. Mm. And I think it was different for my family and the birth of Luca, my youngest, because he was born during Melbourne lockdowns. Yeah, you know, wow. During COVID. 
So our newborn bubble was very, very different. Mm. And because, you know, my partner was home, he couldn't work. So it was very different from when I had Audrey. I'll bet. Because we were in this beautiful, we were in a beautiful lockdown bubble. It's amazing. Just the family unit bonding like total legends. That's cool. I think that's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Like I do, I'm so thankful and grateful that it happened when he was a newborn and we were in lockdown with a newborn and not how he is at nearly three. (laughs) We were in lockdown with him now and I only, my partner and I only spoke about it last week. We would not have survived. (laughs) You would have been going to, to daycare come hell or high water, but just to run off yeah. some energy. Yeah, I don't I don't care if daycare was closed. He would be going anyway. <laughs> that seems fair. I, I, I can't argue. <laughs> I don't know. Like yeah, kiddos who have been cooped up too long tend to make um great core choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> and we love them so hey so that leads me to my last question then because we're getting a bit deep and philosophical about life and the world and things is do you have a parting lesson that you'd like to share with everyone before we head off oh, so many so many but I think I want these women I want everyone out there regardless of if if you're my client or if you want to be my client, if you could be my client, whatever. I want people to trust themselves, trust that, you know, what they want to do in life, what they, you know, those ideas that they have in their mind, you know, they're not stupid, they're not worthless, you know, they're important. Mm-hmm. You know, if if they're important to you, then they matter and You've, you've got to put that out into the world. You know, you've got to put your brilliance out into the world despite, you know, as I said, the, the fear of failure and the fear of success with me was it was even, it was 50-50. And you've got to find a way to just tip that tip that scale into the fear of the, the success, you know, wanting that success more than the full, the pull of the fear. Sure. There's tipping the scales towards, well, the like doing nothing is going to hurt more than doing something, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because that's that's where I sat. I sat that it it's it's okay, Jen. Just don't don't worry about your business. Just, you know, I know it's important, but oh my gosh, you know, sitting sitting on the couch doing nothing is is so easy. It is. But it kind of has its own consequences, doesn't it? Psychologically and otherwise. Yeah. And I I can't imagine myself looking back thinking, wow, I gave all this up just to watch Netflix or just (laughs) to do nothing. I don't want anyone else out there to do that. Mm. You've got to push past it, that you've got to take one little step in the right direction and I suppose and trust that the next step will be there too but you don't need to worry about that next step till you've done the first one absolutely and that's that's what got me here is taking you know and I've often said I didn't I didn't look at the whole staircase because that's when I would freak out and freeze with fear Mm -hmm. I looked at 
I looked at the first step, always the first step in front of me. Look at the first step, the rest will follow. Very cool. I think that is important because it's it's very tempting, I think, to go, oh, my God, such a big job, never going to be able to make it. Uh, and the problem is is that the, the, the length, the height, the shape, the staircase will change all the time anyway. As you evolve, as your business evolves, as the universe kind of throws different things at you as, you know, everything changes all the time. So there's no point looking at staircase because that is ever-changing, right? And you can you can only ever do one thing at a time. You can only focus on one thing. And so that's what that is, taking the first step, mm. focusing on what you can do now. Don't look at what's ahead. Even though it feels good sometimes. Yeah, that is, that is my particular uh, problem is that I do a lot of looking down the road just or if this happens then that could happen or if then that that's a crappy way to approach things too <laughs> yeah that's almost like you know walking across a tightrope you know they say you know don't look down mm. it's like you don't look down because down isn't where you're going no that's true no I hope not <laughs> I don't like to fall down. It's not nice. <laughs> but also probably Tyro is a bad analogy, but, it, you know, it's that if, if you take the first step and you you fall over. Get up. Get up. Mm. Yep. Okay. Like it. It's good. Sol- solid advice. Hey, Jen, people want more advice of this calibre or even better. How can we find you? So my... Business is called Something Glorious Coaching. Mm-hmm. I have an amazing Facebook group, Live a Glorious Life, and I would love you all to join. I also have my eight-week program, my transformational coaching program, the Joy Restoration Project. Mm-hmm. So that is an eight-week um coaching with so one-on-ones with me where we get all I get all up in your life so we're going to unpack everything and we're going to work on your habits your behaviors your mindset so all the things that are going on in your head we're going to work on them and then we're going to add in some productivity so that's when we're going to Work on the, the you know, the, the thoughts and the, the stuff going on in your head. But when we add in the productivity, that's when we get practic- practical and realistic about what we're going to do with all this stuff sure. that we've uncovered in your thoughts. In your I get that because there's no point in having the tools if you're not willing to execute. You know, exactly. and you don't have the, the further skills to, to put in motion what you've just unpacked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, then, if you want to get Jen all up in your brain business and your business <laughs> business, you know what to do. Go find her on the socials, something glorious, and it is very glorious. Love it. Um, and the Joy Restoration Project is a, it's an evergreen product, right? You can start any old time. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to sign up, you just let me know. And it's, as I said, it's eight weeks, so it's not you know, whenever you're feeling ready, you can jump on in. Jump on in. But think about that though, right? Like how long we put stuff off and we years and years and years and years for some of us. And then in eight weeks, we could just be all better and getting where we want to go instead of putting it off for another decade. <laughs> and, and that, again, that's that's what so many women do out there. It's I'll, I'll deal with it later. 
I'll deal with my later because I've got other important things to do. Yeah, when, when everything else is sorted, then I'll sort myself out. Like, no, 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 no. I just need to get through this week and then it'll be fine. Well, it's not... Nothing changes if nothing changes, right? <laughs> this is very true. And that is a, a like sneaky extra words to live by on top of your actual words to live by as well, <laughs> your parting message. Cool. Jen, thanks so much for having a chat with me today. I've had so much fun. Yeah, um, yeah learning a bit more about you and, and, and getting to snoop in your brain and turning the tables on you for happiness. <laughs> cool. Oh, so much that that really surprises me given how much we talk off mic <laughs> it's, it's true oh when when members become friends the yeah. podcast yeah. edition yeah. <laughs> that's great well look that's the end of another this biz life episode thanks to everybody for having a little listen in be good to yourselves have a lovely time i'll see you in seven days, another week, and more fabulousness to come. All right. Have a great time. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye-bye. That's it for another episode of Storytelling Magnificence. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then I'd love for you to tell your pals, leave a review, like, share, or subscribe. Whatever helps us get our stories into more ear holes. I'm about on all the socials at Write It Copywriting and my name, Lizzie McCauley. Until we do it all again next time, keep doing you. See ya!